0: Hello, and welcome into the pre-draft episode of Not Just Another Sports Podcast. We've got Christian Amesworth here. You've got Price Carter here as well. Christian, it's not quite draft Miss Eve, but how how are you coping? How are you counting down the days, the minutes, the hours until the NFL draft? Well, luckily, I've kind of had a project to
1: kind of occupy my time. So this year, we've done the Arrowhead Live Draft Guide again. Uh, which is actually now, at when you're seeing this, it's for sale. So check out my Twitter, cb or c, yeah, c breezy underscore edits, um, and check in the comments or in the the profile caption there, and it, there should be a link. So if that's kind of been occupying I've had a whole lot of time to think about, um, you know, what in particular the Chiefs are. Leaving draft like all of the draft targets or anything I've been zeroed
0: yeah um it it looks fantastic I'm sitting here looking at it right now um it's visually pleasing it's easy to read um it's 101 pages of draft content and the thing that I like about it this is all relative to the chiefs too. It's all chief centric fit. So a lot of these draft guides, you know, on my other, on my monitors here, I've got the NFL draft guide. I've got the beast by uh, Dane Brugler up as well. That's just general NFL stuff, but you know, we don't need as chiefs fans, we don't need a whole bunch of quarterback pages and stuff. So you're getting exactly what you need there. Check it out at Arrowhead lives, Twitter feed for the direct link. Um, as we kind of get closer to the draft, you know, I actually wanted to start with this. This isn't draft related, but you know, it's been almost a month since the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill. And one thing that I wanted to bring up real quick about this, and this is just my preference. This is this has kind of got under my skin a little bit. The narrative that exists from Chiefs fans where they tuck themselves in at night when the little Chiefs footy pajamas and they tell themselves oh, you know, Tyreek Hill, he just wanted out no matter what. He he wanted to go to Miami. He, there was no way he was staying with the Chiefs at all. I'm sorry. Can we please end that narrative that Tyreek Hill was not going to play in Kansas City no matter what? If Tyreek Hill gets the exact deal that he got in Miami, in Kansas City, he's still wearing red and gold. There, Did he like that his house was in Miami? Sure. Did he like that his family's around Miami as well? I'm sure. All those things are very true. But – the thing that made the biggest difference is the money it's always the money and it's fine you know he had played as one of the cheaper players for his deal for his talent level for a while it's totally okay for him to go get his deal but please do not be that person on twitter telling people oh he he just wanted out like come on dude the the like miami stuff that's that thing you tell yourself whenever you break up with someone And then a couple of days later, like, well, you know, she always did leave her stuff at my house. And, you know, she always did kind of get mad when I hanged out with the boys. Never mind that she was a total 10 and um, gorgeous and I miss her every day. But, you know, she did kind of have smelly feet like, no, come on. You're just like you're rehashing what it is. Of course, he wants to be close to his family. But the 30 million dollars has quite a big reason as to why he's a dolphin right now.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's been reported, reported by multiple sources, like including Matt Verderand, who basically said, if you believe that Tyreek Hill left because uh, he, he just didn't want to play in KC anymore, then that the, so you need to go back and look at your facts, because everything that I had heard speaking as Matt Verderand here uh, was that he wanted the money and it makes all the sense in the world, right? Like, Tyreek Hill before the draft, he would have been an upper round pick. Instead, he slides to the fifth or or whatever round. I I think it was the fifth that that he went in to the Chiefs. So he gets knocked out about half of what he would have gotten paid there. Then the whole domestic thing happens after his rookie season or after his rookie contract was up. And then the Chiefs got to sign him for way less than what he was worth and with almost no guaranteed money. Like there were so many ifs or buts in that, contract, you know, if something else comes up contract outside of even contract, then detrimental to the team conduct detrimental to the team. Um, He like, you, then you would lose half of your money. And so he had that throughout his entire tenure in KC, And now he's like, I want to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. And I don't think that's asking too much, but. As a Chiefs fan, you have to know we're in the stage of Mahomes' career where all that money is getting due. We've kicked the can down the road for a few years now. He's got a $35 million cap hit this year. You can't justify paying a wide receiver the same amount of money he's making this year. Like, I I don't I don't think that's a ridiculous stance to take. And I think it makes more sense than the narrative of he just wanted he he left for greener pastures saying no he he left for greener dollar signs is what ended up happening
0: yeah for sure and i i mean here's the thing i and this actually leads nicely into our next topic here i think the chiefs looking back here in a couple of years we're gonna all tell ourselves like the chiefs were smart and ahead of the curve with this wide receiver stuff because i mean we've gone on this road a whole lot but the wide receiver pay is getting so lofty that it is borderlining on, are you going to pay one guy and absorb an amount of money that's going to impact the whole team? Whenever it's a team game and quarterback, it's worth it. You know, it's 100% worth it to pay the quarterback, whatever they need. But other than that, I mean, it's getting to the point that a rookie quarter, a Wookie, a good rookie wide receiver, a Wookiee, <laughs> talking about Star Wars. Um, (laughs) A good rookie wide receiver is almost as valuable as a quarterback because they're on that cheap deal and they're not requesting top dollar. I mean, just think about the names that are coming up that need new deals. You've got Tebow Samuel, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, Justin Jefferson's just a couple of years away. And right now I think he's, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game. And I mean, I know it's still four years away, but it's really probably closer to three years away will be Jamar Chase's. And I mean, if he's doing what he's doing now, the market's only going to go up. I mean, imagine what Jamar Chase is going to get paid here in a couple of years. So maybe, maybe the Chiefs were smart to kind of start this and not get so tied up. Question is, do we see another, and I mean, a good player, not a small player. Do we see another player move before the draft next Thursday? What do you think? At this point? with all of the noise that's been
1: made, I think that Debo Samuel is probably one of those guys that, that is going to be moved. And and I say that, well, Adam Schefter just maybe 30 minutes before we started recording this pod. The problem isn't with San Fran, it's with Debo, like so, sort of the same thing that happened. Casey went up to, you know, we, we'll pay you this Tyree kill said, yeah, but, Hold on, let's wait for some other stuff to come out. And then the Devontae, not Devontae, yeah, Devontae Adams deal came out and he's getting paid 27 million. And Tyreek said, Well, now let's renegotiate. So that that same sort of happened in San Francisco. And I think Debo Samuel is also kind of unhappy with the role that he's it's like, hey, you're this hybrid running back who, as a position group, has one of the shortest life. Spans in the career I mean on the field lifespans and he he's kind of unhappy with everything's help at in general so like seeing him moved before the draft I, I think is probably likely at this point I, I don't want to say it's a for sure thing tango somebody's got to be willing to give up a first and a third or something to grab him and then they got to be willing to pay him and I don't know how many more teams are ready to do that outside of maybe the jets and that might be who their trade partner is. But
0: so I, I think, I think that there is a player that's moved, but I don't think it's one of those wide receivers. I think that those, those deals are going to get complicated. And even though it happened in about a couple hours, the Tyree kill trade probably took a lot longer than we knew. I think also teams start getting weary this close to the draft moving players. It just kind of, you know, it, it kind of really changes their draft strategy a lot. The person that I think might actually get moved before the draft might be Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he's still sitting out there and I'm wondering if maybe there's a team that makes a move for him, but he's the biggest name I see being treated before the draft. And maybe, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is part of a deal. You know, the, the, Niners don't have a first round pick. So maybe they use him to try to like, they, slip, they flip a second and Jimmy G to get back on the first or something. I'm not entirely sure how the trade value on that would work on the chart, but I, I think that, you know, this is around the time last year that the Orlando Brown trade happened for the chiefs. And he was the only kind of player for picks that we had the, you know, the day of the draft or the week of the draft. Um, I don't know that we're going to get one this year. I think, uh, I think the wide receivers are just. Too big of names and too big of contracts to try to get done this close to the draft.
1: I mean, I can see where you're coming from. The, the only thing that I'll say though is that there are way too many buyers at this point. Like, like I said, the Jets are are one of those teams that are have been trying to make a play for a player and a wide receiver in particular. So, with a down with Terry McLaurin, I think. Terry maybe has the best chance of staying in his original uh his original team at this point at least. But I, I just think there are too many buyers. There's too many teams that are trying to get in the AFC and think, oh, you know, Debo would be the one piece we needed. Like maybe the Chargers are sitting there and they go, you know, we've got a little bit of cap room. You know, we we still have our left tackle, our quarterback on a rookie deals. We muffle some money around. Maybe we get Debo or AJ. And and that puts us over the Chiefs. So I, I just think that there's too, there's too much smoke for there not to be fire. And there's too many teams that are too willing to give rid of their draft assets for a proven player.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure. Um, if, man, if one of those players is moved, just cap off what has been the most crazy NFL offseason that there's been. Just the amount of huge names that have been moved has been crazy. So, yeah. you know we we've learned between Russell Wilson and Terry kill that no one and devonte Adams, no one's untradeable. Everyone's tradable. And there's a price for everyone. So will definitely we'll definitely be yeah, interesting.
1: Um, before what, we move on. Oh, go ahead. I w-
0: I was going to ask you, do you think the Chiefs should trade for a wide
1: receiver at all? Because there at least on Twitter, man, there, you have two camps trade for a wide receiver one, and you better not trade that first round pick that do you fall into either one of those
0: oh man i here's the thing i just don't think that it makes a lot of sense to go like because what's going to happen pick your player dk metcalf aj brown whatever in your head you're all hoping like oh maybe he'll take the tyree kill deal around like 22 or 23 million that's i just don't think that that's going to happen anymore man like These players, they go out and try to top the most recent deal. I don't think that he's going to just go out and whatever player they trade for. I don't think that they're just going to go out and take a lesser deal because um, Tyreek Hill was going to take a lesser deal at some point. And then you're looking at like, okay, so we traded Tyreek Hill for these picks and then move this pick for this. So basically you're going to be a situation where you traded Tyreek Hill at $30 million for terry mclaurin at 28 you know for dk metcalf at 29 like it it just doesn't make a lot of sense because i think you know i think terry kill is better than all those guys i think aj brown and Debo samuel are oft injured they're younger um terry mclaurin you know we we think great things about terry mclaurin but everything you think about terry mclaurin has because he's a commander written all over him you know like we've seen what Terry McLaurin is when he's the best option on a terrible team. I mean, how many of his yards have actually mattered? You know, like, you know, he's not played in a stressful situation. It's not that I think he would suck as a chief or anything, but I just, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And then it's just going back to what we were saying before. I think the wide receiver market, it's, it's kind of reminding me a lot of baseball. And I think, um, the NFL is kind of going through some baseball transition here with the free agent markets. Like there was a while there that, starting pitchers, especially the deals just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And guys who had no business like Christian Kirk were getting like 60, $70 million guaranteed. And it's like, what are we doing? We're paying this guy $70 million to hopefully come in and be like a fourth or a fifth starter. And then the market kind of had a hard reset. And what they, what happened is the top of the line guys still get the top of the line contracts like Garrett Cole, those guys like that. But for the most part, the treasures get treasured and the trash goes in the trash. And then those guys are signing deals at the end of the at the end of the the offseason. So I guess what I'm saying in a roundabout way is I think that the best thing the Chiefs can do is take a shot or two at trying to get a guy on a rookie deal. And I think that's what's best for them. And I also think that, you know, we have this perception because we're all in draft books and stuff like that at this time of year. That they've got to get a guy in the first, and I'm here to tell you, you you can go back to any year of the draft and look at the most productive wide receivers from those drafts, and it's not always going to be who was the highest taken. You know, we all have images of Jamar Chase in our head right now, but that's just definitely not how it's always going to be. And maybe you know, maybe it's Sky Moore, Jalen Tolbert, or you know, whatever you know, George Pickens if he falls. But there's situation matters a lot when it comes to. Wide receiver. And I think the Chiefs have a great situation. I think any wide receiver that's going to come in is going to have the benefit of having two pretty good NFL wide receivers and Juju and MVS. McCole Hardman's still a good wide receiver, a good weapon. Travis Kelsey's the best tight end to do it. You've got, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback and coach. That's a good situation for Christian Watson to come into, you know, or whoever, you know, like just pick your person. So, in a long roundabout ways, do I think that they'll do it? No. I think that they realize that there needs to be kind of a hard reset on the roster. And I kind of hope they don't either.
1: Yeah. And and I would say the same thing. I think that with the situation that we're in financially and with the weapons that we currently have on the roster, I think it makes more sense to to take a swing in this draft. And maybe George Pickens turns out to be the guy, maybe Christian Watson Watkins comes in and he's the guy, but you know, to trade essentially, Let's talk about like what it would take to get one of those guys. It would take basically all of what it took to bring Tyreek Hill here. Like you maybe would keep a second round pick or maybe like a second and a fifth. So you know you get Terry McLaurin a second and a fifth, and you lose Tyreek and you pay him the same amount of money. That that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So yeah, I think that if the Chiefs make a trade now, it's it's going to be on the defensive end, and I don't think that there are any players that are available to be traded for that, that they would make a play for.
0: Yeah. I definitely think that kind of like what you're saying, I think that it makes more sense for the chiefs to try to, you know, if they are going to spin it to spin it, um, you know, spin it for a position that they are really needing um, like edge, not that they don't need at wide receiver, but I just, to your point about the whole, like, you know, Terry kill versus this it's going to take pretty much the same trade package because Terry kills older, but he's better production wise, but you're going to get into the same discussion with Debo or AJ Brown. They're both younger. So I feel like it would take pretty much the same trade package for sure to get them to get them in here and going. So, um, Moving on here a little bit. There's one other talk topic that I wanted to hit. That's kind of general general NFL. This one is also obviously predictive. We we try not to sit here and just oh I think this is going to happen. I think this is going to happen because it's not particularly fascinating, uh, fascinating podcasting. But. Every year in every draft, there's kind of in the first round, there's always a person who rises and a person who falls. Someone who's taken way earlier than we expected and way later. Hold your Raiders jokes. They don't have a first round pick this year. So we are going to pick each just one person that we think is going to get taken way sooner than a lot of us think. And then when someone who's going to fall that we're not expecting. So I have my first riser and this is someone that Honestly, it might not even be trendy to say anymore that they're a riser. This is a person that a lot of people were thinking would be there into the second round. And now a lot of people are talking late first. I think we see him go in the top 15 and it's Boye Mafé. I think there are just way too many people talking about him. There's way too many people who love his story. He's got a great story. If you haven't read it, Dane Brugler's got a write-up on it um, in his beast. And also, there's just a lot to like about his whole process. He's had an incredibly good draft process throughout the Pro Bowl, or not the Pro Bowl, the Senior Bowl, uh, combine, and into his interviews. So I think we see Mafe go a lot sooner. I don't think he'll be an option for the Chiefs at twenty nine.
1: See, and, and that's an interesting pick, right? Because that was a guy that wasn't really that talked. Maybe about a month ago. I mean, is that about the time everybody started hyping him up and? You know, these draft, these teams, they have their scouts that go out and scout these guys. I'm sure a lot of these teams have been extremely high on Boye Mafe. So I I actually really like that pick. A lot sooner than people expect is also an edge rusher. Cameron Thomas, who is kind of getting hated on for, for unnecessary reasons so far. He's a power rusher. So it's not like he has that Jermaine Johnson Bender. Kayvon Thibodeau, who, but like, he's a solid guy who can rush the passer and set the edge. And I think a lot of teams are looking at that. And you go on PFF's draft site, 60, you can get him in the third round, which to me is ridiculous. I think that he's a top five pass rusher in this draft. And I think that teams are going to be a lot higher on him than the media is. And we're going to see him gone towards the end of the first round, maybe pick 20 to pick 30. So. I don't understand the hate for the guy, but it does seem uh, to be that
0: you uh, cut out like the name you cut out. Who is it again? Oh, Cameron Thomas. Cameron Thomas. Okay, that's when you were talking about it, I was like, is he talking about Cameron Thomas or is he talking about Drake Jackson? (laughs) Because like both kind of fit the narrative. But, yeah, I totally agree. The more I see people retweet his stuff into my uh, timeline, the more I'm like, yeah, this is a guy. And, I mean, yeah, if he's there in the second round, I would definitely be interested in the Chiefs taking him. Oh, yeah, good technique. He's super
1: powerful, and he can set the edge and run defense. So that's exactly what Spags looks for. It's what a lot of defensive coordinators are looking for when they have a 4-3 scheme like Spags. So. I bet we see him go earlier.
0: That's that's all I'm going to say. For sure. Now, when I'm talking about a faller here, I'm not going to, like, there's a the little bit of a fall. Like, we were all kind of losing our minds that Justin Field was still there at pick 10 or 11 whenever the Bears grabbed him. Um, I'm not talking about that. That's kind of like a slight fall. I'm talking about someone that we expected to go in the first but might fall out of the first. Um, I'm going to go a little bit bold here. Um, this person, I have heard so much kind of back and forth about him as a player as to where he's going to fit in. And I'm going to take Jordan Davis to fall out of the first. I think a lot of people loved the athletic profile and there was people talking about him going top 10 at that point. But I think the more we look, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at a draft board right now. And I see Georgia, Georgia, edge, Georgia, defensive tackle, Georgia, defensive tackle, Georgia. That was a pass rush is a sum of the parts. I know a lot of Jordan Davis great film comes from the run, and I have no doubt that he is a dominant run stuffer. But taking Derek Naughty in the first round, no matter what the outcome is, is not a great process. And I think Jordan Davis is going to be a lot better than Derek Naughty. I don't think that, you know, that's not the comparison, but right now they profile out as similar players as far as their impact on the game, rushing attack first and down. He played like nine third downs in his time as Georgia that were like third and long. He's just not a pass rusher. There's a lot to develop in that. I think the teams are going to, you know, defensive tackle, we like the athletic profile, but also we know teams don't value that stuff as much as we all do. It plays a part for sure, but, you know, go pick up, you know, some of the raw athletic scores of some of the guys who are the biggest stars in the NFL. And they're not all stars in that, that essence, you know, Chris Conley was like, had an elite RAS score and he sucked, like, you know, so I could, I could see him falling. I just, you know, and I, I think, you know, some team would be thrilled to get him in the late 30s.
1: Yeah, I mean I could see that happening. Right now I have him as a two down player. So I think mean, the dude is enormous. I, I can't remember his med, but I mean it's like six, eleven, five hundred pounds pa- it's something insane. Uh he's not really conditioned. Like I, I was watching some of his film and he was gassed a lot. I mean, and half the time he was in, he was only in for the first two downs. So I agree with that. I I could go a little bit bold here with mine. Only recently, the draft Twitter has maybe the best prospect in this league, like, or in this draft. Like, Kyle, I'll just go ahead and say Kyle Hamilton was being drafted, like, in, in overall pick he's a bottom 20 of the first like if he goes anywhere before pick 20 then I, I I would just love to see what those those draft guys are looking at now he's a good player he's really big he's really strong but he's not very fast he is is only so-so in in coming up and, and stopping the run and as a safety he's he can't play his deep zone like he, he can't cover receivers he has no like he's not really as rangy as you'd like for him to be as a deep safety or even a strong safety to me his NFL comp is like Jamal Adams and Jamal Adams is a great player Jamal Adams isn't really that great in coverage and he's a safety like he's essentially a sub linebacker player that rushes the passer now if if your defensive scheme relies on that sure he might be a good pick but if you want a guy that'll go out there and cover people as a defensive back, he's not your guy. So I, I could see Kyle Hamilton. I don't know if he'll fall out of the first, but I think he'll fall out of the top 15. I, I think that he might even fall out of the top 25.
0: Yeah, that, that one's interesting. He definitely seems to still be the consensus consensus safety one. Although I could see a team liking Dax Hills flexibility a lot more and might be more in on him the yeah the speed concerns are definitely there for um for hamilton i think that's one of those two that you gotta gotta just turn on the tape um you know there's been cooper cup for instance you know he runs like a what is it like a four five or something like that or four six but then you turn on the tape and he looks like he runs a four four and pads so that's one of those that i i think I'll go that he might follow the 10. I don't think he's reaching the 25. I don't think we have to worry about the Chiefs and Kyle Hamilton. But, uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, you know, this is is just ultimately how it goes, is that teams feel super strongly about a person, and that's where we get those reaches or what seem like reaches. And then we have, you know, a lot of teams are kind of out on something, and it may be something we don't even know. You might just be brutal on the whiteboard as far as play call goes or might be off the field issues that we don't know about yet.
1: Yeah, true. And we've seen a lot of players fall. Who was it last year? Like Aziz Ojolari, that defensive end. that I think a lot of Chiefs guys were in on. He dropped all the way down to the third. A lot of people had him as like the number three, number four overall edge. Yeah, well, we thought um,
0: Terrace, Terrace Marshall Jr. was another one of those guys that we thought had, you know, possibly even first round talent written on him. And then he was there when the Chiefs picked uh, Nick Bolton. So um, yeah, I mean, th- those guys will happen every year and it's always kind of exciting because after the first side of the draft, you're sitting around looking at the players and like, oh my God, this guy's still on the board. Could he last to us? So um, exciting stuff for sure. Well, let's let's go ahead and just go to the Chiefs part of the podcast here. Um, we're In order to better facilitate a conversation here, we're gonna play in a little fill in the blank. We'll uh, throw back to my days back when I was in education. So we're going to fill in the blank to these questions here. So Christian, we'll let you go first. The first fill in the blank is I will be mad if the chiefs blank in the draft. So you can, you can fill it in there. You can, you know, it's very open. I will be mad if the chiefs blank in the draft.
1: Okay. So I'll just go back from the beginning. I will be mad if the chiefs stay put in the draft. So. That's not trading up that's not trading back if they stay exactly where they are in this draft I think they're misusing their assets so like right now, if they wanted to outside of the first round, they could grab their favorite prospect in every single round now you started. guess what we trade our both of our seconds and then next year's fourth and you can get all the way up to 33 so. whoever the best player is that they feel like is falling, they can go grab. So let's just say that, I don't know, Boye Mafe falls out of the first and he's there at 35. The Chiefs can go get him. If If that's who they have highest on their board, they can go get him. So they can essentially have like a third or fourth worst team in the league's draft with, you know, one pick in every single round, but they're, you know, they made it to the conference championship last year. So from my perspective, you can do that. Or you can say, there's not a guy here that we like. We feel like there's more value towards the end of the second or to the middle of the second here. We don't need two first round picks. We'll trade back. Somebody wants to grab Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, or maybe one of those guys is still on the board and the Seahawks want to trade up and grab. him. So then we trade back. But I think, unless this for, for them not to trade any of their picks up or down, you're saying that the draft fell perfectly to you. And I just think realistically at some point in this draft, there's going to be a player that you feel is above the rest of the ones that are still on the board and you have to make a move for, or you've got a pick and the, the value isn't there and you want to trade back. And one of those things has to happen for this draft to be the most efficient that it can be. And The good news is I don't think Brett Veach is going to be sitting around being too conservative with our draft capital here. I think that if there's a player he wants, he'll go out and get him. They did it last year with that tight end in the fourth and with Joshua Kando in the fifth. So hopefully it all goes according to plan and they grab the best. Don't see that happening.
0: I will be mad if the chiefs package 29 and 30 to get all the way up to like top 10, top 15 area. Um, the reason for that is, is I feel that this roster needs a large influx of cheap, controllable talent. It, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. If you sit there and say, look at look at all Brett Veach can do with just second round picks. Look who they got out of Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton. And then sit here and say, oh, well, we, we really shouldn't use all those picks. You know, not all guys are gonna make the roster. Look, if they want, you know, going back to kind of like retorting what you were saying, if the Chiefs feel that there's value to move up and go get someone that they love, you know, if we're talking about going from 29 to 19 or 29 to 23 or something like that, because you got to leapfrog the Packers who are looking at the same wide receiver as you, I understand, and that's going to be cost-effective. But to go way up there, to go get Jamison Williams, if they love him, or maybe it's Garrett Wilson, I don't love it. Part of it is, is that I do believe that these wide receivers, part of it is, is the system that they're in. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, whether it be Christian Watson or Sky Moore or George Pickens, or, you know, maybe they wait and hold off for someone like Jalen Tolbert later, whoever they go and grab at wide receiver will be somewhat productive. I, the, the odds of a chase wide receiver being a bust is so little to me. It just doesn't feel worth it to go up there and do that for a wide receiver. And I feel like, you know, maybe somehow someone like Kayvon Thibodeau is falling past the top 15, but I don't, I don't see that happening. I think that there's a pretty obvious gap after edge three or four um, after Jermaine Johnson. So I, I just don't see it. Um, And corner, we know this team doesn't really invest in corner, but I think Stingley will be off. I think Gardner will be off. I mean, maybe, and, you know, McDuffie's going to be off as well. So I, I just don't, the way that the board falls, there's just real clear classes with the top edges, CBs and wide receivers who are definitely the positions of need for the Chiefs that going up that high and reaching, I think would just cost too much. Yeah. And I mean, you said it, there's
1: really not a player that I think you can value that highly. Like if you think Jamison Williams is going to be Tyreek Hill and you trade both your first, a second, and like a fifth, To go up to ten to grab him. First of all, you better be damn well sure that he's actually going to be Tyree Kill. But also, at this point for this year, and if you're taking an off year, that's fine. But if you're looking for production this year, what does he do differently for you than McCole Hardman does right now? Like McCole Hardman has a jump on him in the system. Um, I'll just speak generally here as far as wide receivers go. You've got a pretty stacked wide receiver bullpen anyway. Like. We need, we need a cornerback two. We need a safety three. We need a linebacker three, two defensive. Like, so trading up that high and and giving up seven picks is fun to do in the mocks, but I I don't think it's a realistic option either for the chiefs.
0: Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing too, is that the chiefs are going to look at this and I, I don't think that they're trying to replace Terry kill. I think that that's something that they realize they can't do. Um, I think, you know, McCole Hardman, I think the most realistic replacement for him is McCole Hardman, just in how they kind of do stuff like McCole Hardman had better be hitting the the fitness this summer because he's going to be getting all those jet sweeps that Tyreek used to run. You know, I, I think that they just need to look at this as a as a depth move here for sure. Um, I'll go next. The next phrase is, I will be thrilled if Blink is still on the board at pick 29. So this is the like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's still there at pick nine. And this is realistic, right? Like if you say Aiden Hutchinson, you're kind of a square. Like we know that that he's still not going to be there. Um, This is one that I've had my eye on. um, And he does show up occasionally in drafts. Uh, I personally don't think he'll be there, but I would love to get Dax Hill on this roster. He would allow the Chiefs to do so much with three safeties on the field. We know Steve Spagnuolo loves to play three safeties. He's flexible. He's versatile. He gives you the ability to, you know, either move on from Juan Thornhill or if you you want to keep Juan Thornhill, you've got three good safeties on the field every time they need it and allow players to be flexible. There you're kind of getting into what the Chiefs used to have with Tyron Matthew and Kendall Fuller when he was playing some safety uh i would love that pick if he's still there i'm absolutely okay with them getting hit grabbing him at 29 um because you know there might be three or four corners off the board if you consider andrew booth as well in there so they might be able to get like what in my opinion is safety one or safety two rather than grabbing cb5 yeah and
1: i think you might have copied my homework here because dax hill is who i was going to choose as well uh, great minds great minds Yeah, dude, it's a he's just so fast, man. You watch his tape, and he it's he, I think he ran like a four three eight at the combine, like a four two with pads. Like, he is insanely fast, insanely quick. Uh, but you know what? I'll go ahead and I'll change it up. This is a guy I could see falling. I don't know. He's kind of one of those prospects that you look at, and you're like, well, he's sometimes available in the box, like, and who, who actually knows how high everybody else is on him, but Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, like he he shows all of the athletic traits that you look for in a defense and a guy who can switch out to defensive end, who can be, you know, like Chris Jones a little bit where, you know, if you need him, on if you want him on the inside, that's where where he really makes his money. And there's been a lot of talk this upcoming season about, Maybe this is Chris Jones's last year. Maybe the Chiefs, they're looking to get younger. They're looking to get cheaper. If Devontae Wyatt's there and is your Chris Jones replacement, I think that you are pretty happy with that. Maybe that allows you, maybe, maybe you really aren't sold on this edge class that everybody's so hyped out about, so hyped up about. And you think next year's is going to be way better. Well, you take an interior defensive lineman like Devontae Wyatt, who could come in, get you sack production from the interior defensive line from day one and you use those picks on other value positions. So would absolutely be my pick. I'd be thrilled if he was there at 29.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. That kind of just goes back to what I was saying about Jordan Davis, right? Like you could argue that maybe the other defensive tackle he played next to for some snaps could go ahead of him. Like, you know, that's kind of my Jordan Davis argument there. But yeah, I mean, I was going to mention this what I mean there's in my opinion three perhaps four positions that I would be mad if the Chiefs took quarterback you know I'm not going to get pissy if they take a seventh round camp arm whatever kicker punter although that kid from Arizona State is appealing or um probably interior offensive line other than that everything's on the board man Linebacker, yeah, I mean, they, the linebacker, they could definitely use another tackle, a definite need running back, definitely room for improvement. Obviously, we don't want them high safety. Yes. Corner. Yes. Wide receiver. Yes. Tight end. Yes. Like it, it, there, there are so few things that aren't a need for this team that there's no, there's no reason to not think about best player available, at least with one of your first round picks.
1: Yeah, well, and, dude, if they take a tackle, I've seen a lot of people having them taken. like, oh, who was that guy playing this year? Like, Rain, Ronman, or, or whatever his name is. I've seen so many mocks with them taking a tackle in the first round, and I think KC would riot if they took a tackle in the first round.
0: Like, I, I, I don't, because here's the thing, man. I know that we all, like, oh, you know, Orlando Brown just wants to wants to play left tackle, because he the spirit of his father dude i'm telling you the spirit of his father is going to move him once he gets paid and i get like you hate paying a right tackle left tackle money but i have a feeling that he'll be much more willing to move over to that right side and then if you take it like you know let's just say you know we're talking about the tackles and fallers and stuff like that let's just say that trevor penning for some reason falls all the way down to 29, you know, maybe the chiefs are in really love him. It's that type of thing. They have, or, you know, Bernard Raymond, like you were talking about, if they think one of these guys could be a left tackle, it's 100%, 100% worth it to do it because you have the opportunity to have an elite right tackle in Orlando Brown, or, you know, a, if you get a guy who's a really solid right tackle and allows you to shade protection more to the left side for Orlando Brown because the Chiefs have the foundation of what could be the best offensive line in football and to me they're a player away from that you know we know what Tooney and Creed and Trey Smith all have so I I'm not going to be mad if there's a right tackle taken in the first round it just kind of depends on the player I know there's some pretty strong anti-pinning stuff out there because of some of the stunts he pulls after the play but yeah it'll be interesting for sure. Well, and the only thing I'll say,
1: we just, you, you talked about it. We have so many other needs and we've seen what investing in the really does for you. The offense was worse this year than it was last year. And it wasn't because we had lack of talent at the, the tight end position or the wide receiver position. While we could have really used a reliable third option, it this offensive line group, took the offense to the next level. It was like, okay, uh, better. okay, that's that's cool. Daryl Williams had a pretty good year. Okay, that's that's cool. We or, you know, we, we can invest in that some more, sure. But I think that if there's even a wide receiver, four or five spots up ahead of you that you like that you think is gonna leave, I think you have to trade up and grab a tackle. Like I I would not prioritize tackle over receiver, even though historically the tight end or the the tackle
0: position is more valuable. For sure. All right. Last one. This one I want to do a little bit different because we always talk about you know what happens with the Chiefs, where you know this is worst case scenario. Again, within reason, if this. If blank player gets to this team, it's bad news for KC. So if this player gets to this team, it's bad news. So there's a number of ways you could go with it. It could go like a division rival, even though the Broncos and Raiders don't have a first round pick. Or it could be like the Bills or the Bengals or another team that you think might be messing with the Chiefs. I will go ahead and go with mine. Um, this one, this one concerns me. I think I think it is possible. It would be a worst-case scenario. If Jamison Williams ends up with the Chargers, Jesus Christ. Damn it. Awful. Oh, my God, dude. It's possible. So you you, stole could, mine again, you could see it. You could see it because they're right there in that range. Mm-hmm. He falls just a little bit because of the injury, or they even move up to get him. Them having a three-headed wide receiver monster like that with Eckler out of the backfield – a great left tackle, a great defense. I mean, that that's a nightmare situation. Um, I'll also, th- like, honorable mention, um, if, and I know this one's probably a little weird because a lot of people aren't as high on this player, but if the Bills can somehow get a combination of either Sky Moore or maybe even, um, oh, what's his name, Jahan Dotson, they really need that kind of slot you know, underneath guy since Cole Beasley left and Emmanuel Sanders are no longer both on the team, that would also be nightmarish because we know, you know, they've got digs. Clearly we know what Gabriel Davis can do. Like that would also be kind of nightmarish for them to end up with just another weapon. Yeah.
1: Honestly, the Bills getting any wide receiver in, in the top half of this draft seems like it. Would be... I, I think,
0: I think that's where they're going to go, dude. I I think, the 13-second win might cost us one more time because I I think they're going wide receiver. I think the Packers are going wide receiver. There's a lot of teams in front of the Chiefs who all have a definite need for wide receiver. Yep,
1: and and you talked about it earlier. The Chargers could absolutely be in play for a wide receiver. There, there are six or seven teams that could take a wide receiver in the first round. Makes sense? Yeah, the Jets took wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the the Texans took a wide receiver at 13. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So there, there are so many teams in front of us that would take some of these early weapons. And you know them are going to work out. But, damn, if the, if the Chargers somehow get Jamison Williams, he slides with that knee injury, that's going to be bad news. Because you look at the, the Chargers roster right now, and you look at the holes that they have, what is it? Defensive tackle? Wide wide receivers not really a hole, but defensive and maybe an offensive lineman. Like, okay. The Chiefs made it to the is in a row with okay offensive linemen. So seeing them do that, making a move like that, just to put them over. Oh man, I I think my stomach would fall if, if I hear Jamison Williams pick, what is it, seventeen or something stupid this year? Like, oh man, that. Would,
0: I don't know. Yeah, it would definitely be brutal. Um, Okay, this is just more of like, you know, we talked about the predictions and all that. Let's just get into it just a little bit. This is just your overall what you think is going to happen with the draft. Clearly, I'm not asking for your full, you know, your full mock for the Chiefs. Um, Just kind of what you think is the story of the Chiefs draft. Um, I'll go first because I've already got kind of got mine in the head. I think I think we see the chiefs move a lot and I think we see them move in both directions. I think the chiefs take pick 29, package it with something else, try to get in front of the Packers and take their wide receiver. I think that it could be Olave, I think it could be Wilson, could be Williams, could be Pickens. Maybe they think a lot of Pickens, whoever I think pick 30, they take and move down. So I think we get movement and then we get another move. So two drafts, two trades in the same night. Brett Veach is working over duty, over, you know, overhaul. I think then in the second round, we see them, you know, with possibly, I would be elated if the Chiefs had three second round picks and three third round picks. That would be awesome. So you've got your wide receiver and then throw numbers at the pass rush and edge position. You know, we like, you know, we've, we've all kind of read some of the names. Um, I've been taking a lot of pat. Uh, i believe zach pascal is his name from kentucky uh, i've been taking a lot of him um you know your elam's a guy we've all got a lot of um i think pick 30 hopefully they can move for a team trying to get up past the lions again to possibly grab maybe kenny pickett or maybe someone's really liking them some desmond ritter um and you know then then it's all open game you know you're talking about. You know, do you take a chance on Ojabo? Do you take a, you know, I don't think we already said we don't think Maffey is going to be there. Kyler Gordon's there. There's a lot of guys there that make a lot of sense for them. And then I think we see a, maybe even a couple more trades, st- trade downs. I don't, I don't know that they're going to just sit there and not have anything. In the fourth and fifth and sixth round. I, you know, and maybe it's packaging a couple of sevens, but I just don't think the teams really care that much about the around the seven round picks. But I think a lot of movement, I think we get a high wide receiver, and I think we get numbers at the edge and corner position are my definite predictions.
1: So just to preface this, I could absolutely see that happening, but I think that there is still a trade in the workshop for this, these this Chiefs team before. And I think it's going to be for an edge. And I don't know who it will be. There are about six or seven guys that I could see being moved to the Chiefs, but I think that doesn't like to do is he doesn't like to have a lot of draft capital. Now his first round picks before we've seen it in one first round draft pick in his entire tenure as the, so I think that the chiefs will at some point in this next nine days trade their first and maybe big time defensive end. And I think what that allows you to do is I think, you know what, maybe you don't have to throw numbers at defensive end, you can throw numbers at wide receiver, or maybe you can just take the best player available. We talked about it earlier. There, there are so many holes. I don't know if you would call them, spots where a player could come in and, and immediately start and be an impact player that I think maybe taking off one of those big needs where you go, man, if you don't take, you are going to be in trouble. If you take that away, then you look at it and you go, we're building for next year. The defensive end room, we've got it at least way better than it was a week ago. You've got the, the linebacker, Entire defensive unit will improve tremendously. More pass rushers. We get a proven guy. Now we throw a a pick at Josh Pascal, Drake Jackson. Now D'Angelo Malone. These these are all names that they could make a move on day two, day three. That they don't necessarily have to spend a first round pick on to to solidify that you know that unit on the defense. So I think they make a trade first and foremost for defensive. I think that they still have their first round pick one of them, I think that they trade back I I love that idea of trading out of the first. Their third. Um, But you know just to echo what you're saying mobility, I think that the Chiefs make moves I do not think they are quiet and take every. I think that they are going to move around navigate this draft to grab the best guys that they think are there. i think we'll get you know three or four quality drafts and an edge for the future
0: yeah i i you know i the great thing is that this is an interesting draft and we are so looking forward to enjoying it with you guys um we will definitely probably record a podcast sunday night after the draft um you know we just want to kind of take it all in unless there's some sort of big trade that happens uh, between now and then, whether it's the Chiefs moving up or moving down or whatever, we might record a little quick emergency podcast, but we're going to take it all in. One recommended recommendation I have for you guys enjoying the draft. I know that there's varying opinions. PFF does a draft show. It's live on YouTube. You don't even need cable. You can watch it on your phone. They do a great job of breaking down every pick. They have their big board up on the side. They get the picks quicker than ESPN. They're honestly like about four or five minutes ahead of ESPN. What I did last year, which was super awesome. First off, the full spread. I went and got like the $12 taco box from Taco Bell. Excellent decision for me and my buddy who watched the draft. We drank shitty beer, ate shitty tacos. We had the PFF show up on one computer and that was, or not computer, TV. That's where we had the sound on listening to their breakdowns. And then we had the ESPN up on the computer so that way we could see like what cool outfits they were wearing, see the fan reaction, that kind of stuff, and see kind of just the atmosphere of the draft. But I mean, man, I, it's one of my favorite nights, so I'm so excited for it.
1: Oh yeah, and this draft is going to be crazy. We both predicted it, that they're going to be mobile, they're going to be trading up, they're going to be trading down. This is one of those drafts where you know it's it's not like last year when you get to skip day 1 or you know catch the end of it cuz maybe they'll trade up and and grab a guy no they you have to be starting essentially if if you get if you're not watching by like pick 5 you're almost guaranteed to miss a chief's move like something they're they're going to do something off the wall crazy that none of us saw coming and yeah beer coast i'd recommend
0: that as well Excellent. All right, guys. Well, that's a podcast. Thank you as always to listening to not just another sports podcast. You can follow Christian at Breezy underscore edit and you can follow me at Price A. Carter. Thanks guys for listening. See ya.